Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event. This is Jesus' second rejection at Nazareth. And this is found in Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, where we will be reading today. However, it is also found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 through 58. Follow along with us in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Josie, and Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went about among the villages teaching." This is another one of those sad events. Um, We we just finished the last event. Jesus is going out to all the cities with his disciples. Well, his disciples are going separately. They're all going their separate ways to minister. And now it seems they've come back together and they're going to Nazareth and they're not received the way we would hope. People are amazed, mm-hmm. but they ask questions, and because they cannot find answers to those questions, they took offense. Yeah, but what's interesting is they heard the things that were happening. They, they heard the stories, they um, had, knew the reputation that was going on, mm-hmm. So they, they're like, how can God do, or how can such mighty things be done? But because Jesus rose up among them, they couldn't look past it. Yeah. So it is interesting. Let's look uh, for a moment on the family and genealogy of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Here is the only place where he is not called the son of the carpenter. Mm-hmm. He is called the carpenter. We don't know too much about his dad, his father, Joseph. Yeah. But uh, Joseph has disappeared. Maybe he was older and died or had an accident. And it seems that before Jesus Christ started his public ministry, he took over the shop of his dad. Yeah. So he is known in his village as the carpenter. So we have uh, the names of four of his brothers. And the sisters are in plural, and the sisters were still there. Yeah. Because they knew his origin, they knew his family, they couldn't receive that wisdom. They noticed what is this wisdom given to him. Mm-hmm. They could not relate to it to any rabbi, to any rabbinical school, or uh, to any trip abroad to attend one of those, you know. Egyptians or whatever universities. Yeah. And they, they took offense. Do we do the same? Yeah, we do. 
um, I, I think this kind of gets into my my answer for the third question, or the the second and third question. How is God speaking to us today? What are we going to do about it? How many people do we hold back because of previous experiences with them? Mm-hmm. Maybe when they were younger, they they did something or they said something, and and we don't ever let them grow past that. I I can think back to my time in seminary um, and my time studying to be a pastor and looking around at my classmates and seeing how they acted. And um, today, I cannot judge them based on their actions as a, a college student. You know, they've grown since then. And it would be wrong for me to do that, mm-hmm. um, to look at them either in positive light or negative light and say, oh, this is how they are, because we, we all grow, we all change in, in different ways. Sometimes we, we hold people back and we don't allow them to to become something that God has worked in them. There is a saying that wise men learn from everyone, even mm-hmm. from a child. Yeah. But uh, other people don't want to learn except... Uh, if you have a specific diploma, if you have a, a title, or you are coming from a you know town like university town or so, this is a, a very practical lesson to learn for our lives. Mm-hmm. We should be able to discern what comes from above, and what comes from above might not work, might or might not go through different traditional channels of education or uh, or a specific teacher. Mm-hmm. We should always be open to hear the voice of God and discern the instruction that comes straight from the throne of mercy in heaven. Yeah. In this stay- saying, is this not the carpenter? I sense a a town saying you're stepping out of your lane. A little bit you of know. envy? Uh, your job is to make chairs and mm-hmm. and to make cradles and, and to make these things. Your job is not to go around and teach. Who do you think you are to to try to do something that you're not supposed to do? You know, makes me think of a caste system where you're born into a, a certain caste, you're born, born into a certain lifestyle, and you're not allowed to go outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do what your level is allowed to do. If I remember well, the first time Jesus was rejected in Nazareth, mm-hmm. he was even taken outside of the synagogue all the way to the, the, cliff. Uh, the cliff and ready yeah. to be pushed down and killed. Now, in addition to that, we have the second rejection. Mm-hmm. It seems that Jesus Christ grew up in a, in a town that is, was not quite the best environment for, for his education. Yeah. What do we learn about God's plan? And what do we learn about God doing this? Are we always placed in absolutely best environment to grow? Or are we, as in that parable of Jesus Christ, allowed to grow together with the weeds? I think, um, you know, that that's a loaded question. Because does it mean that God put us in a situation where we are with a, a parent who abuses us? Um, mm-hmm. Is that God's plan for us? Um, I, I think God works with the circumstances we are in. 
and he works with the the places we are at. You know, God knew Jesus was going to be in Nazareth. We have Old Testament prophecies about this, but does that mean God made it so that he would be there, or God is just stating that Jesus would be there because he knew that's how it was going to take place? Uh, is God forcing Mary and Joseph to move back, or is he just stating that they move back? Um, and, and to me, I see more the second that, that God knows what happens, but he doesn't necessarily force everything to happen. There's definitely ways where he intervenes, you know, like when Herod wanted to kill the baby and the angel came and told Joseph to go down to Egypt. Um, but we can make choices. We can live in sin. Um, and, and it's not necessarily that was God's plan. The fact that he was rejected the first time that way, ready to be killed, and now the second time, mm -hmm. um, that speaks loud about people in Nazareth, right? Yeah. Although I guess the improvement is they're not wanting to kill him this time. <laughs> so, um, What is clear in Nazareth is um, there is a lack of faith. Yeah. And because of that, it says Jesus marveled because of their unbelief yeah and he was not able to do mighty works there except a couple of uh, uh, healings here and there yeah so what does this teach us about god does this story tell us anything about god well it was in god's providence for jesus to be born in nazareth mm -hmm. but also he was entrusted to this very godly woman called mary who providentially didn't send him to rabbinical schools. Uh, Jesus Christ was trained home by his mother, and maybe this was one of the reasons he was not accepted as a public teacher because he was not coming from a specific rabbinical school. Mm -hmm. So what this tells about God is that my start in life can be can have a humble beginning, can be uh, in an uh, in a place that is not very promising or in in a family with limited resources i may not uh, have a good start as a kid learning history and arts and uh, music and, and you know and so on but god has a way to instruct me mm -hmm. and god has a plan to help me understand him receive the wisdom that, com that comes from above. Yeah, for me, there's, there's a term that was coined by a judge in Texas allowing a teenager to get away with murder, affluenza, mm -hmm. that, that he, he was raised rich and, and didn't know any better. God didn't send Jesus down with this problem of affluenza to, to raise him in a palace to be um, raised up with every good thing and perfect thing. God mm -hmm. allowed Jesus to be raised in um, an everyday working class town where he was surrounded by sinners and sin and where mm -hmm. um, you, you got dirt under your fingernails. You know, Jesus was a carpenter, a, a working class person, not, not a priest or a ruler. Um, and so he knows he knows what we go through. He knows um, the struggles that we have in life. And, and later, when he started his public ministry, 
he had those skills to connect to these people. Yeah. There is a reason most of his public ministry happened in Galilee, where he was the most successful. He was able to connect to these people because he grew up with them, had a chance to interact, to study them, to understand the human psychology of those kinds of people. Yeah. So each apparent disadvantage might be used by God as an advantage. I've seen people who went through a dire situation in life, like child abuse, starting a ministry to help restore those who went through child abuse and domestic violence and so on. Yeah, exactly. So how is this speaking to us today and what are we gonna do about it? For me, was this contrast between Jesus in verse six, who marveled mm -hmm. because of their unbelief. On one side, Jesus was ready to perform as many miracles here as in Capernaum and all other villages in all three Galilean tours. And these people did not have that basic faith that is necessary for, for miracles to happen. Yeah. And Jesus Christ marveled. How come that they have those needs? They need healing. They need their dead to be resurrected. They need uh, demons to be cast out. They need to hear the gospel. And they don't want to do it because yeah. their unbelief is blocking the channel of communication with heaven. I think the way this is speaking to me today is it's so easy to throw a messenger out and discredit them mm -hmm. because of anything you know it might be the way they're dressed it might be their background it might be um something they say or their their understanding of something but are we rejecting a message from god um we need to be careful in how we deal with information mm -hmm. um, and, and study and, and um, offer forgiveness and offer growth and allow people to be used by God. Um, even if a previous point in our life, we didn't see them in that position. So let's pray. Mm -hmm. Father God, we are so thankful that Jesus came and lived among us, that he did live in a town just like every other town, that he experienced life like we experience life. And Father, I pray that Jesus will not marvel at our unbelief. Amen. That we will be drawn closer to you each and every day and we will be more like you. Father, I pray that uh, we will look to others and look for you working through others. That we will... Um, offer chances for redemption. So go with us now. Help our belief, strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>